Hare Krishna. We are very happy to have you on our platform again. I'm happy to be here again. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamakyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vande Ham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Paragamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatang Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitangscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadesha Tarine Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha E Krishna, Karuna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namostute, Tapta Kanchana Gorangi, Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami, Hari Priye. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravaktarinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare so welcome everyone. Um, normally we would be having this class in the morning, um, according to the West African schedule, but I had to attend another meeting at that time, so kindly they've made this adjustment. I think um, the adjustment means not so many devotees of African Yatra are joining us, but Maybe they will, some, some will uh, listen to recording later. I don't know. Okay. So today we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 1, Chapter 5, Verse Number 
37. This is Narada's instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarodamam Deving Sarasvating Vyasam Tato Jayamudiraye Nashta Praeshvabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yuttamashloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki And the verse today is a mantra which Narada is teaching, he's revealing. Uh, and uh, it's uh, addressing, it's offering obeisance unto the members of the Chaturvyuha. Om Namo Bhagavate Tubhyam Vasudevaya Dhimahi Pradyum Nirudhaya Nama Sankarshanaya Cha Om Namo Bhagavate Tubhyam Vasudevaya Dimahi Pradyumnaya Nirudhaya Nama Sankarsanaya Cha Om Namo Bhagavate Tubyam Vasudevaya Dimahi Pradyumnaya Nirudhaya Nama Sankarsanaya Cha Word for word, Om is the sign of chanting, the transcendental glory of the Lord. Nama, offering obeisance unto the Lord. Bhagavate, unto the personality of Godhead. Tubyam, unto you. Vasudevaya, unto the Lord, the son of Vasudeva. Dimahi, let us chant. Pradyumnaya, Anirudhaya and Sankarshanaya, all plenary expansions of Vasudeva, Namaha, respectful obeisances, and Cha and. Uh, let me just turn this off. Excuse me. Okay. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, let us all chant the glories of Vasudeva along with his plenary expansions, Pradyumna, Anirudha, and Sankarsana. Purport, according to Pancharatra, Narayana is the primeval cause of all expansions of Godhead. These are Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. Vasudeva and Sankarsana are on the middle, left, and right 
Pradyumna is on the right of Sankarsana, and Aniruddha is on the left of Vasudeva. Vasudeva. And thus, the four deities are situated. They are known as the four aids to camp of Lord Sri Krishna. This is a Vedic hymn or mantra beginning with Om Kara Pranava, and thus the mantra is established by the transcendental chanting process, namely Om Namo Dhimahi, etc. The purport is that any transaction, either in the field of fruitive work or in empiric philosophy, which is not ultimately aimed at transcendental realization of the Supreme Lord, is considered to be useless. Narada Ji has therefore explained the nature of unalloyed devotional service by his personal experience in the development of intimacy between the Lord and the living entity by a gradual process of progressive devotional activities. Such a progressive march of transcendental devotion for the Lord culminates in the attainment of loving service of the Lord, which is called prema, indifferent transcendental variegatedness, called rasas, tastes. Such devotional service is also executed in mixed forms, namely mixed with fruit of work or empiric philosophical speculations. Now, the question which was raised by the great sage, uh, by the great rishis headed by Shonaka, regarding the confidential part of Sutta's achievement through the spiritual master is explained herein by the chanting of this hymn consisting of 33 letters. And this mantra is addressed to the four deities or the Lord with his plenary expansions. The central figure is Lord Sri Krishna because the plenary portions are his aides de camp. The most confidential part of the instruction is that one should always chant and remember the glories of the Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, along with his different plenary portions expanded as Vasudeva, Sankarsana, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. These expansions are the original deities for all other truths, namely either Vishnu Tattva or Shakti Tattvas. And so ends Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Mukam karoti vachalam pangum langayate girim yatkripa tamaham vande shri gurum dinatarnam. Let us all chant the glories of Vas- Vasudeva 
along with his plenary expansions, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, and Sankarsana. This is spoken by Sri Narada, and he is speaking to Sri Vyasa. He is inspiring Vyasa to take up uh, the literary task of glorifying Lord Sri Krishna uh, to turn his attention from uh, the preoccupations which he had in the composition of the Mahabharata, basically Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha, and to turn himself uh, entirely to the uh, service of the Lord and glorification of the Lord. And for this purpose, he is uh, giving a variety of instructions, which in this part, we can say, uh, is focused specifically on abhideya, on the practice of devotion of bhakti. It's significant that uh, we are hearing these instructions from Narada, and I would say it's very telling that he gives this specific instruction uh, to worship the Chaturvyuha. What I mean to say with this is that Narada is uh, the paradigmatic teacher of uh, that... Um, system which comes to be called called Pancharatra. Uh, often Srila Prabhupada when referring to Pancharatra teachings uh, refers to Narada Pancharatra and I believe there's a bit of a confusion here because there is some text which someone has translated and published called with this title, Narada Pancharatra. Unfortunately, this is not classical Pancharatra. This is a much later work uh, from one scholarly estimate. It's from the 16th century, uh, possibly, from <laughs> possibly from around the time of Lord Chaitanya or later. But Narada Pancharatra is a general, generic term. There are many works that uh, go into this category of Pancharatra, and one of them is, for example, called the Jayakya Samhita, and the Jayakya Samhita is instructed by Narada. Mm. There's the Padma Samhita, there's the Ahirbhutnya Sanghita. Um, in theory, there are some 108 texts, and scholars have uh, managed to find, I think it's about 70 of those, 70, uh, 70 over the last few decades. But it's interesting that Narada is here speaking in a sort of 
Pancharatra mode, we can say. Um, for one thing, it shows us that the Bhagavatam, the comprehensiveness of the Bhagavatam is such that it includes uh, Pancharatra teachings. Now, you may ask, how do we know that this is Pancharatra that he's teaching? Uh, as Srila Prabhupada is indicating in the purport, uh, very beginning, he says, according to Pancharatra, Narayan is the primeval cause of all expansions of Godhead. These are, and who are the first expansions? They are Vasudev's, uh, Sangarshan, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. So this is classical Pancharatra teaching. Uh, this is a kind of step one in uh, the, you can say, cosmology of Pancharatra. Because Pancharatra, we usually associate it with deity worship. We hear that uh, you want to learn how to worship Krishna in his deity form. Go to the Pancharatra. Yes, that's true. Um, but first, the Pancharatra literature wants us to understand how uh, it's possible to worship the Lord in the deity form. And to do that, uh, the Pancharatra literature has, some of the texts have very extensive, very detailed, very elaborate, and sometimes very complex explanations of how the Supreme Lord, usually referred to as Narayana, as is mentioned here, how he connects with this world, because Narayana is entirely transcendental. Here we are in this uh, world of matter. So how is the connection made? So it's made through expansions and, of course, descents or avatars. And ultimately then, uh, the connection is made through the archa vigraha, the archa avatar, and the archa avatar becomes the most accessible form of the, of the Lord uh, in this world, accessible um, anytime we go into the temple or the uh, the home, go to the home altar. <laughs> uh, anytime we remember the 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 deity's form. Uh, many ways that we connect with the Lord in his deity form. So so this is Narada, uh, one of Narada's tasks. And another point which relates to all of this, which is not explicit either, it's not explicit in the Bhagavatam, but it's very much suggested, and I think it's appropriate to say. The Pancharatra is... Uh, as a as a whole, it is that literature which connects people of all backgrounds to uh, the Vedic teaching. Prabhupada mentions here in the purport that this is a Vedic mantra, 
Why does he say it's Vedic? Because it begins with the syllable Om. Uh, This identifies it as Vedic. Well, some people will say, oh, but Pancharatra is not Veda. Well, uh, that's a matter of debate. Shankaracharya said it's not Veda, but Yamunacharya said, yes, it is. And he wrote a whole book on the subject. But my point here is that Pancharatra is, in addition to being a system of uh, worshiping the Lord in his deity form, it's also a system of initiation by which one who is considered not qualified in traditional Vedic terms, in other words, not born uh, a dvija, a person, a member of the the Brahman, Kshatriya, or Vaisha Varnas, if one is not born in, in these Varnas, what to do? Well, the answer is take shelter of Guru, Guru gives, gives initiation because of his connection with the Lord. He is qualified uh, to do so, and his initiation will be uh, through mantra and also through yoga. Yoga specifically means the practice of worshiping the deity. And later in the Bhagavatam, in the fourth canto, Uh, We'll meet Narada again as he initiates Dhruva Maharaj with a mantra and a deity. He gives him uh, the blessing to worship the Lord. Uh, Dhruva makes a a murti out of mud, very simple murti, and that is sufficient for his purposes. He attains all perfection, the Lord uh, gives him darshan. So, and uh, it's interesting to tie these uh, things together that Narada, what is Narada's background? That will be explained in the next chapter that Narada is coming from a very humble background. His previous life, he was, he's referred to as the son of a maidservant. <laughs> and that can be taken um, in the general sense that he is coming from a humble background, not of the second uh, of the twice-born, but uh, something else. But... We, we all know the story, he becomes qualified. And how does he become qualified? By serving uh, the Vaishnavas, what Prabhupada calls the Bhakti Vedantas. And uh, the crucial point is, because of that service, he is blessed by them. And in effect, their blessing works as a kind of initiation. Now, let's jump back to where we are here with um, this 
discussion, it's Narada speaking to Vyasa, and I would suggest one possible way of thinking about this exchange, Prabhupada said, from all angles of vision. So what is Vyasa's background? Vyasa's background is, is actually a mixed birth, we can say, or so it appears. Uh, one can uh, say that uh, his mother is actually a highly elevated soul, but the appearance is that she is a humble um, daughter of a fisherman or she's been adopted, whatever. There's, I guess, different versions. The point being that one may see this discussion as Narada also accepting Vyasa as, as disciple in the Panchar, through the Pancharatra system, and that's made very explicit, I would say, through this verse, Om Namo Bhagavate Tubyam Vasudevaya Dimahi uh, some more immediate context of this statement is that Narada is introducing uh, the importance of, of sound vibration, transcendental sound vibration. That will become especially explicit in uh, in the next verse, verse 38. Uh, mantra murti. <laughs> Interesting that he, he will use that expression. Murti, we usually think of as a physical image. Uh, Narada says, iti murti abhidhanena mantra murtim amurtikam. That the mantra murti, uh, the form of the mantra is a form uh, of worship, a form to be worshipped. And in this way, Narada is essentially uh, completing his instruction to Narada, sorry, to Vyasa, after speaking about karma, uh, karma yoga, sorry, uh, after speaking, first of all, bhakti in general, but then also uh, speaking about uh, the process of engaging activities in the Lord's service, activity here using the word karma in the broad sense of activity, one can also see what we call karma, what is called karma yoga in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, what happened? Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare, Hare Ram. Just got disconnected. Don't know. Ah, here we're back. Okay. Looks like we're back. I don't know what happened. Anyway. <laughs>
We're always reminded that we are not in control. Mm. Yeah, I was just making the point that karma, the word karma can be taken in a broad sense. Sometimes um, there's reference to Krishna karma, which can be taken two ways. One is the karma, the activity of the devotee for Krishna, and uh, Krishna karma can mean the activity of Krishna. Sometimes it'll be used in that way. In any case, uh, that's the context of this uh, mantra that's coming toward the end where Narada is kind of wrapping up his his instruction and then he's going to, in the next chapter, he's going to tell his story. And my thought today about that chapter is that it's making clear what is Narada's background and therefore um, if Narada can be successful then we can all be successful <laughs> uh, in spiritual life. So so it's a hopeful message, but it's also telling uh, the story of how he's becoming, how he's receiving adhikar, the qualification to give this teaching to Vyasa and, of course, to all of us. Okay, now I wanted to share with you a little bit more about Vasudeva Sankarsana, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. Just, um, what was it, two days ago, I received a wonderful uh, gift, a, a, the book Sri Lagu Bhagavatamrita of Srila Rupa Goswami, Sripad uh, Gopi Paranadana Prabhu's translation uh, of the Lagu Bhagavatamrita, in which Rupa Goswami elaborates uh, something about these Chatur Vyuha, uh, the, uh, you can say, the phalanxes, the military divisions uh, of Narayana and ultimately Krishna. So I'm reading now. Uh, this is part one, chapter five, and this is text number 166. I'll read the Sanskrit. Mahavasta kyaya kyatam yat vyuhanam chatushtayam tasyadyo yang tatopashyas chitte tat adidaivatam tata vishudha satvasya Yes, chadishtanam uchate. So this verse is describing Vasudeva. Lord Vasudeva is the first member of the quadruple expansion of Godhead known as the Mahavasta or Chaturvyuha. He is worshipped as the ruling deity of consciousness. Adi Daivatam. 
situated in the heart. Chitte. He is also said to be the foundation of pure spiritual substance. Adishtanam Uchate. Okay, so that's uh, actually its description of him started before this. I kind of skipped over, but I'll summarize. There's a, a longer verse, pri- or two verses previous to this, and three, three verses, where it's mentioned that uh, Vasudeva has an effulgence equal to that of countless newly risen sons. Sometimes, I found this interesting, sometimes he has a complexion like a new dark blue cloud, and sometimes he has a radiant golden complexion. Now, these descriptions of the the Lord's form are very important in uh, Pancharatra. One is uh, directed to meditate on the form of the Lord. And in certain Pancharatra texts, one is supposed to, in some sense, identify with the Lord's form. Uh, Pancharatra also has a history, and some of it is more, we may say, impersonal, and then it becomes later more, more bhakti-infused. Um, but uh, a common thread through it is the importance of mantra uh, and the importance of meditating on the form of the Lord, which then is also uh, identified as being present in the heart, And that's mentioned in this verse. The Lord Vasudeva is in the heart. Okay, then it goes on to say, Vasudeva's personal expansion is the Supreme Lord known as Sri Sankarsana. Sankarsana is considered the second member of the quadruple Vyuha. He is also called Jiva because he is the source from whom all jivas appear in this world. Uh, The commentary here says briefly that Sankarshan is a vilasa expansion of Vasudeva. Uh, There's an extensive purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in Adi Lila, maybe, uh, what, chapter 5, a a long uh, purport in which Srila Prabhupada argues against uh, the Advaitavadins who say that uh, Sankarsana is jiva because of uh, such expression as we find here. But in this uh, very short commentary from Gopi Paranadana Prabhu, he says, Advaitavadis misunderstand his name Jiva 
impudently taking him to be a finite conditioned soul. The Lord from whom all jivas expand is not a jiva himself. <laughs> so we can rest assured of that. Now, a little description of Lord Sankarsana in the next two verses. Lord Sankarsana's attractive effulgence surpasses the soothing rays of countless full autumn moons. He is worshipped as present within the false ego and is the indwelling controller of irreligion, of serpents, of death, Cupid's enemy, Shiva, and the opponents of the demigods. He is the destroyer of the universe, and he empowers Shesha with a part of his potency. So these are some intriguing aspects of uh, Lord Sankarshan. We understand also, of course, that Sankarshan is Lord Balaram, or Balaram expands as Sankarshana, because uh, that must be explained elsewhere by Rupa Goswami, that uh, the, the original expansion from Lord Krishna is Balaram, Baladeva. So he's associated with the false ego, with irreligion, with serpents, death, Cupid's enemy, namely Shiva, and the opponents of the demigods. And he is identified as the destroyer of the universe. So all of these we can just say are intriguing. I won't linger on this. I want to go on to the next uh, descriptions of Pradyumna. Oh, we get more Sankarshan. Um, didam. Yes, okay. Yeah. So we'll have some more Sankarshan a bit. And no, this is going to focus on Pradyumna. From Scripture, it is known. <laughs> and this is Rupa Goswami is taking the humble position. He says, I'm just reporting uh, what is in Scripture. From scripture it is known that Lord Pradyumna, the third member of the Chaturvyuha, expands from Sankarsana. Intelligent persons worship him as present within the principle of intelligence. In Ilavritavarsha, the goddess of fortune serves him and praise to him. He has a complexion like pure gold or sometimes like a dark blue cloud. <laughs> so again, like Vasudeva, who also had sometimes a dark blue cloud complexion or a golden complexion. He is the basis of universal creation 
And he empowers Cupid with a part of his potency. Hmm. So Sankarshan is identified with Shiva, who is the enemy of Cupid. Pradyumna is identified with Cupid as a part of his potency. Uh, becoming the inner controller of Brahma, of the universal progenitors of all persons affected by lust, and of Cupid himself. He carries out the process of creation. Hmm. So Sankarshan is connected with destruction. Pradyumna is connected with creation. At this point, we might want to recall that Pradyumna is, appears in the Bhagavatam also as uh, one of Lord Krishna's sons, as a son uh, of Lord Krishna and Rukmini. And then uh, Pradyumna's son uh, is Aniruddha. Aniruddha appears as uh, Lord Krishna's grandson. And this uh, Aniruddha is mentioned in the next verse. verses. The scripture reveres Aniruddha, the fourth member of the Chaturvyuha, as Pradyumna's expansion. The wise worship Lord Aniruddha as present within the principle of mind. His complexion resembles the color of a blue cloud. He is dedicated to protecting the universe, acting as the inner controller of the principles of religion, the Manus, the demigods, and earthly kings. He sustains the creation. So it seems we have a tripart uh, system here with respect to the universe, according to Srila Rupa Goswami, of uh, creation by Pradyumna, mm, destruction by Sankarshan, and maintenance by Aniruddha. And then, uh, via, uh, sorry, Vasudeva is uh, the source of all of them. So, um, yeah. Now, it just so happened, let's see, which one was this in? Uh, this one, yeah. It just so happened that I found another interesting reference to the Chaturvyuha. And now I'm turning to a translation of a poem by one of the Alvars, one of the 12 great poets, Vaishnava poets uh, of, the, of, of uh, the Tamil country. And one of these Alvars is named Peri Alvar, otherwise known as Vishnu Chittan or Viliputtur Vishnu Chittan. And he has written uh, a series of verses called the Tirup Tirupalantu. 
I have no idea how to pronounce Tamil, but something like that. Tirupalantu. Palantu. Uh, and this is a poem which is a kind of a New Year poem, according to uh, the uh, scholar who has done this translation. And so, and so I thought it's appropriate because we are quickly approaching the time of the New Year, New Year according to the Western calendar. Um, uh, here, New Year refers to um, a celebration in the Tamil country of Pongal, uh, which takes place now, it takes place sometime in January. He explains here early, in earlier centuries, it was um, several days earlier. In any case, uh, Vishnu Chittan seems to have been inspired by the Pancharatra literature, and uh, he has praised the Lord with reference to uh, the Chaturvyuha, and I'm just now looking. So these, uh, this poem would have been written sometime in the 8th century, it seems. And uh, it is still recited today. Oh, uh, stanza 2, where's stanza 1? Here we go. Stanza 1. Uh, it has ten verses. We won't go through all of them, but the first uh, verse is uh, referring to Pradyumna. And uh, this uh, would be praising a particular image in a particular town. Uh, called Vili's New Town, he's translating it. And this would be a festival image, a standing festival image that's being praised. Mm. And what he's doing in this, at least this verse, is, he, is to invoke auspicious protection for the deity, for the murti. And here is how he expresses this. He says, Many years, many years, many thousands of years, many millions of hundreds of thousands, may there be auspicious protection for the beauty of your red feet. O Krishna, the color of black gem, with the powerful arms that ruled the wrestler. Uh, it, it, it is addressing Krishna uh, because he is recognizing Krishna as being the actual Lord of whom Pradyumna is an expansion. Um, he's mentioning some of the history here. Um, I won't go into that. Okay, let's go on to verse number two uh, about Aniruddha Vyuha. 
And this is also about an Utsava Murti, a festival Murti of the Lord, uh, which is having four arms and uh, taken for the devotees to worship. He, all, he stands rather than reclining. He has a Shrivatsa mark on his right breast and he holds the wheel, the chakra, in his back right hand and the conch in his back left hand. Okay, the verse goes like this. May there be many thousands of years with no division between us, the slaves and you. Many years to the young goddess dwelling on your powerful chest at the right when you take shape. Many years to the flaming wheel dwelling on your right side flooding your form with light. And many years to that panchajanya, the conch that thunders as the battle of armies begins. So it's interesting that uh, the panchajanya, the conch, actually the proper pronunciation in English, we always say conch, uh, but it's actually conch. Anyway, conch, conch. Um, interesting that it's referred to here as thundering in the battle of armies uh, as the battle of armies begins. And here we may hear an echo of chapter one of Bhagavad Gita when all the ar armies are arrayed on the battlefield and uh, they all blow their con their conchs, <laughs> their conches, uh, each of which has a name, including, of course, Panchajanya. So here, uh, the Panchajanya is associated especially uh, with Aniruddha. Then we have Vasudeva. I'll just read the poem. It says, if you are among those enslaved to the prosperous, come and bring soil and fragrance. But you enslaved to the rotten are not allowed entrance to our society of seven male generations proclaiming without guilt, quote, many years, unquote, to the warrior whose army wastes the males of Lanka where the prosperous are rakshasas. <laughs> this is a kind of obscure verse. Um, the scholar Dennis Hudson uh, discusses who might be referred to as the rotten ones here. Um, and it may be referring to some political context in which uh, uh, a particular king may have been uh, defeated by 
the king who had sponsored uh, these poems. Um, and the fourth stanza four, Sankarshan of Yuha. You came into the presence of him who appoints to the mandala of flower petals and entered our society. If you have a mind to join us, break the barriers, barriers quickly and come with us, won't you? You among the bhaktas with a mind to sing Namo Narayanaya and make the auspicious known in country and town. Come and proclaim many years. So this verse is a kind of invitation to the devotees uh, to join with the devotees to glorify the Lord. And uh, this glorification specifically means to chant these verses beginning many years. It's a benediction. May the Lord be uh, may the Lord be protected for many years. So that's within the, of course, now called the Sri uh, Vaishnav Sampradaya. This is uh, these are, these verses would be chanted. They will be chanted in celebrations in certain temples in South India. Uh, we may feel in our Godia tradition, not to have so much connection <laughs> with, uh, yeah, Sankarshan Pradyumna and Aniruddha. But the, the broader point is that we do, um, in an important way or more than one, uh, honor and follow the, uh, the, the, Pancharatra system, which is also known as Narada Pancharatra. And so it's very appropriate that we hear from him in the Bhagavatam. Um, in the beginning, in the first canto, as, as the Bhagavatam is still in process of being introduced. Yeah, so Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai. I think I'll stop there and see if there's any discussion. I see some hands raised. Thank you, Maharaj, for your nice Hare class. Krishna. Hare Krishna, my humble obeisances. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. My question is on the beginning, the, the forms of the Lord, the deities, Narada Muni receiving a deity form of the Lord and a mantra to worship the Lord. So my question is on the deity worship, idol worship, and different kinds of idol worship. Because we, some religious organizations accuse us of, of, of being deity, uh, idol worshippers. But we yes. worship Achavidra of the Lord. So yes. we also know that the Bible say, talk about no man should worship an idol, like right. idol, <clears throat> idol worshippers. So my question mm. is, can my love for my wife or husband or children or business become an idol worship? And if so, when can one's activities or love become an idol? Because I read in the Bible somewhere it said, anything you love more than God is an idol. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a big topic. Um, but it gives me an opportunity to, um, well, to announce or to, maybe I can't announce yet, but maybe uh, it's a premature advertisement. But I've been working on a, a small book, which is uh, directly addressing this topic. And it looks like it's going to be published uh, by the BBT, by the Australian BBT. I was asked to write a book specifically to address this question of uh, this challenge. Is, isn't what you people are doing, you Vaishnavas, aren't you doing uh, idolatry, idol worship? So uh, what I do in this book in the form of a conversation, discuss, uh, sort of with questions and responses, uh, I begin pretty much uh, with exactly this doubt. I'm putting the doubt in the, uh, so to say, in the mouth of a young, of a student who is uh, a sincere person. He's open. He's not hostile. Uh, and then I respond to him. He says, you know, as you mentioned in the, in the Hebrew Bible, in the uh, Decalogue, in the Ten Commandments, uh, usually counted as the Second Commandment, is one shall uh, not worship any, what in English is called graven image. When I was a kid, when I was a small kid, I heard this and I thought, graven, that sounds really grave. It sounds very serious. <laughs> and I thought it had something to do also with, um, with graves in the cemetery, you know, the place where, um, where the dead are kept. So no graven images. Um, but the word graven means carved. It's just a kind of old-fashioned English so no carved image, okay. So how do we address that? Well, uh, essentially we address it by saying there are uh, two sorts of images. There are those which are authorized by a process and there are those which are not authorized. I'm sure you know Srila Prabhupada gave this example of the post box. I don't mention that example in this book. I probably should have. Um, but um, if we just make our own post box and put our our uh, letters in it and expect them to go anywhere, they're not going to go anywhere. But the authorized post office post box given by the post office, etc. Uh, the the our what we are uh, putting will be delivered. And of course, what we're putting is also an authorized process of putting. Uh, it's the practice, it's the whole practice uh, of sadhana bhakti. Uh, and so uh, it's actually a combination of, um, well, in fancy language, what we can call felicity conditions, uh, which make uh, the worship of the Lord in the deity form, true, make it real, make it uh, 
effective, make it accepted. Uh, and the biblical um, prohibition, uh, one way we have to understand it is that uh, it is spoken in a context in which persons have no idea about how they might worship the Lord except um, by the uh, accepting the commands that they receive. Um, but another, a broader point, and I kind of discuss this in the book, is what is idolatry? Idolatry is, yes, it's worshiping anything less than God. That's true. And therefore, if a devotee, a Vaishnava, worships Krishna in the temple and thinks only my deity of Krishna is Krishna and does not recognize or appreciate or at least theoretically understand that the Lord is present in the heart of every living being, uh, what is that? Well, at best, it's called um, kanishta uh, adhikara. Uh, we may say that's a generous understanding. So, uh, but worshiping any, yeah, worshiping uh, anything other than the Lord, that is idolatry. But another point is that the, not just the Bible, but the Abrahamic traditions in general, they're basically saying anything which uh, we don't accept as worship of the Lord is idolatry. In other words, idolatry is anything that the other person does, the person that we don't like. And uh, it's been said that the, the, entire, um, the entire Hebrew Bible, a sort of thread which runs through the whole Hebrew Bible is... Um, to put down the worship of other gods than Yahweh. In other words, everything else is idolatry. So somehow or other that idea has, um, has persisted in such a way that uh, people are not very open to try to understand how we might connect with the Lord uh, through a proper process, Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchate. And that is, of course, what Bhakti is all about. Anyway, that's a bigger subject. And uh, the book is I've been told to expect the book is going to come out this next year. When the next year, I don't know. It's just starting to go into uh, some of the um, stages of production after the writing. Thank you, Maharaj, for your answer. Our next question is from Kavi Kanapu. Kavi Kanapu, please unmute yourself. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Uh, yes, Maharaj. So, Maharaj, um, uh, in course of your lecture, you, you describe... Uh, from the Lago Bhagavad of uh, Rupa Goswami, 
Is it Rupa Goswami? I think, yeah. Yes. About the Chateau Vioja. And uh, so from the explanation, I was gathering the, the points out uh, the whole creation uh, is all managed and controlled, created by the Chateau Vioja. And um, you mentioned how Shankashan is the source of the Jivas. So these, I've been thinking about this uh, quite some time. Also from the reading of uh, so many of other our trial books and Srila Prabhupada books also. Although Srila Prabhupada did not talk so much about this point in, the, in his book about the, the origin of Jiva. He uh, mentioned that uh, we are from the spiritual world. And also, if mm. you read from the uh, letter of instruction, it is mentioned that the jiva is a tatasa shakti, which is marginal energy. And tatasa shakti means uh, marginal. Be marginal means be marginal. And, uh, and we, all, we have other uh, associates of, Chita, of Krishna who are internal shakti, like Shilmati Radharani and all our expansions, which make the jiva here different from internal associate of Krishna. And the Tadasa Shakti means they can either be here or there. So when you were talking about this, uh, the individuals coming from uh, Shankashan, it make it more uh, clearer to me that uh, in actuality, we are all from uh, the Tadasa, that is a, the expansion of, uh, of Krishna, which is Mahavishnu, or we call it Shatuviwa. So, but we, are, we may have the chance of going to the spiritual world because we are Tadasa. So I don't know. Yeah. I want you to clear this point more and more, uh, because sometimes maybe at, maybe sometime we may want we, we as a as a proud living entity we may not to take our actual position uh, that uh, there are some other servants of Krishna that are internal shakti are internally with Krishna, but some uh, tatasta which they can be given their free will. They can misuse it or surrender it to Krishna. So I want you to clear this point. I don't know maybe you get my point, Maharaj. <laughs> um, well, it, it's you, your point is a species of a kind of persistent uh, discussion that comes up among devotees, and uh, some devotees get very excited about and very concerned uh, that uh, it's like this. No, it's like this. Uh, it's a it's part of that you know sort of uh, interesting for some people interesting question of whether or not we have fallen from the spiritual world and so on and um, what I find with all of these discussions as you said this illuminates that uh, jiva is somehow connected with or associated with sankarshan suggesting uh, spiritual identity and I would put it like this we are uh, understanding reality ult ultimate reality and our own identity uh, with a certain um, a certain system of mapping provided for us where the infinite energies of the Lord, and it's sometimes said the Lord has infinite energies, are divided into categories, internal, external, and marginal. 
and and then uh, w- the jiva is identified as marginal, and marginal is you can say precisely it's it's not only what we are ontologically, but it's also what we are in terms of uh, the extent of our power of understanding. We are we are marginally able to understand this ultimate truth to to a to a limited extent uh, through teachings of sadhu shastra and guru and uh, the expansiveness of ultimate reality remains something beyond our reach such that when we try to comprehend what we want to call our origin, you know, it it just, we short circuit. And uh, we start using terms like fallen, not fallen, higher, lower. Um, We use terms like marginal, and so on. But all of these terms are not really, not necessarily getting us quite to the, to the depth we would need to be, to go to realize what we're talking about. So what I'm, what I'm saying in general is, I think, uh, just acknowledging that we are Tatasta Shakti is uh, can be taken to help us um, cultivate the 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 humble spirit of acknowledging the limits of the power of our understanding. So, in some very important sense, we are. We are part. We are part and parcel of the Lord. We are part and parcel of Krishna. Uh, we are. We can even be called emanations from Krishna. Uh, and that that is um, something so incomprehensible, really. So that it seems that we are forever separate from Krishna. And therefore, Prabhupada uses the expression time immemorial. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's, there's no getting, there's no, from here, there's no access to get there uh, back to when it was not the case. Therefore, we can only move forward. Thank you, Maharaj. Our next question from Sahadev Prabhu. Sahadev, please. Okay. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Thank you so much. You, you give very, very uh, intellectual classes. Like, <laughs> really, really good for the academy. Uh, <laughs> Maharaj, if 
if you be kind enough to like give us like your address to like maybe a website where Oh, website. Actually, there's a, there's a brand new website, and I don't have it myself. <laughs> um, but we can arrange. Maybe I see Odarya Chandrika. Maybe you can organize that. Um, and maybe I can also get... Uh, there's Dharma Gopal. Yeah, maybe you can get from Rasa Dariyari uh, that link of that new. They've made a new website, which apparently is quite comprehensive. It has, um, yeah, all sorts of things. So, uh, thank you, Mary. So, my, my question uh, for this class, um, I see there are many devotees here. And I have a couple of questions, but I'll first ask, I think, the most relevant. Uh, that is, um, Shabroka did mention about the Chachu River. Um, but it looks like he started from the second uh, incarnation, because according to the creation uh, timetable, Krishna expanding to Balaram, Balaram expanding to the Chatu River, and yeah. then from the Chatu River, uh, Shankarshan expands to Narayan, and then Narayan again expands to the Chatu River. So it looks like the Chatu River, the only uh, uh, the only manifestation that is directly playing a role in the creation is Shankarshan. So my question is, what role do the other three of the Chattu Viva play in creation? Uh, that's my first question. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. I, I think... I, okay. I think you are referring to the account uh, given uh, to Sanatana Goswami in uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the account of expansions. So, mm, yes, I, rem I remember it's there's a, um, the initial expansion of Balaram, Baladev, Narayan. Chaturvyuha, it's it's a kind of double, and that that is maybe as you say only Sankirtan is referred to in connection with the world. Um, on the other side, we just read from Lagu Bhagavatamrita that um, Sankirtan Pradyumna and Aniruddha, all three of them, are involved with creation, um, w with um, Pradyumna involved specifically in creation, Aniruddha in maintenance, and Sankarshan in destruction. So at this point you may say, well, wait a second now, we're getting two different stories here, so which one is true? <laughs> and I would say, 
I would say, don't worry about it. <laughs> we may not get the whole picture in one single, you know, description. Uh, the Pancharatra literature, there are several texts, and they don't all agree with each other on these details. But any one that you take, the, whole, the, the point is that any one of these that you take can be a, uh, a way of meditating on the Lord. It's, uh, it's a way of meditating on the form of the Lord and in the different expansions. So that's why the descriptions are there, uh, because these are... Yeah, they're like dhyana mantras. You worship the Lord uh, with these forms, and it, it can be a very, a very complex practice uh, when it's done in its completely full format. But one account may be different from another account. Um, of course, there's there's another way of explaining, and that is what is it called, um, anya kalpa nyaya or something. Uh, that okay, this is describing a different kalpa. It was in that creation, it was like this. In this creation, it's like that. That's also possible. But I can't tell you. I certainly can't say well. Um, you know, Krishnadas Kaviraj actually didn't quite get it right because Rupa Goswami says like this. No, and Prabhupada says uh, there can be disagreement among the Acharyas, and that is not a problem. Thank you, Maharaj. <clears throat> my, my question is, can this aspect of the Lord ex different expansions which is difficult to understand, can they be considered as exoteric aspects of Krishna consciousness? Oh. <laughs> hmm. Sometimes we use the word esoteric for anything that we don't, uh, that, that is uh, obscure to us. Um. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Rajavidya Rajaguhyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam. I'm giving you now esoteric knowledge. Rajaguhyam. You could say that's esoteric knowledge. Jnanam Paramaguhyam Me Tat Vigyana Samahitam Sarahasyam Tarad Angangcha Grihanagaritam Maya. Um, Lord Narayan tells Lord Brahma in second canto, chapter nine, as he's introducing the four, uh, the ch Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam. Jnanam paramaguhyame. I'm, now I'm going to give you the highest guhya, the most esoteric. And what is that most esoteric? <clears throat> mm. Aham eva sam eva gre nanyat yat sadasat param, etc. Paschadaham tareish etacha yovishisheta sosmiham. So those four verses are 
and describing esoteric knowledge. But yes, we may say, I would just say it's detailed knowledge. I've always, I've always wondered about this uh, with respect to Chaitanya Charitamrita. Why do we get so much detail in those later chapters of Madhyalila uh, about uh, the, the, the many expansions of the Lord? telling us, you know, in which hands the Lord is holding which of the weapons, in which form, with which name. Um, well, the reason is because that can be a practice of meditation. One can sit down and go through each one of those forms and picture them in the mind. That's a form of meditation. So that's... Um, that's a that's a possibility and we can say it's esoteric uh, to the extent it's obscure to us thank you next question again we'll go back to Sadev Prabhu second question Sadev on mute okay yeah Hare Krishna Maharaj uh, I had asked this question before and somehow unfortunately I didn't get an answer to it. And that is uh, from Vedic arrangement of the astronomy. We, we know that we the Earth is much closer to Earth than it is to the Moon. The Moon is rather further away from Earth than the than <laughs> Uh-oh. I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, as opposed to material uh, astronomy, they have the moon closer to Earth than the sun. So, yeah. thereby they can say they visited the moon. Yeah. Now, uh, we know that in between the sun and the moon is Rahu. And when the Rahu moves, either towards the sun or the moon, then we have eclipse of the sun or eclipse of the moon. My question is, how are the scientists able to foretell, like in 30, 40 years ahead of time, that in 40 years time, we're going to have eclipse of the sun, which means Rahu is going to move. How are they able to detect that Rahu is going to move at that point? Well, I think your your question is a question for an astronomer, not not for the likes of me. I never studied studied astronomer. I never I never even really understood how the moon phases are, are working. It's supposed to be shadow of the earth, uh, but to me it doesn't quite make sense. Um, but yeah, I'm just really the wrong person for that. As far as moon being farther away than the sun, uh, that's another one that's interesting. Sadaputa Prabhu suggested in one of his books that 
the fifth canto Bhagavatam may be describing the cosmos from the perspective of devas, of the demigods. And so, um, so it's, it's going to be a different, it's going to look different to them. Uh, that's, that's about all I can say about that. Some weeks ago, I did have a thought, uh, for whatever it's worth, maybe nothing, but it's um, in relation to astrology, and I'm no astrologer, so this would be something to ask astrologers, but um, I, I just wondered if the it has to do, the, the so-called distance is not so much about uh, physical linear distance as it is about influence. So the influence of the sun is stronger than the influence of the moon on people. Are there any astrologers in the house? <laughs> anyway, that was my thought for what it's worth. But see, this is my experience. If I, uh, it, I give some lecture like this, Bhagavatam, and then, okay, questions. And then one question, next, next. And the further the questions go, the more I find I have to speculate. Hey, <laughs> 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 Maharaj, you, you, you don't speculate. You, we, are, we enjoy your association. That's why we have so many questions for you. <laughs> We just want to keep you. We don't want it. Want you to go so soon. <laughs> I want to ask you: Do you have more time for us, or do we take more questions so we don't like? Um, you? Could we make it just a couple more questions? I've had a, I've had a really long day today. Okay, uh, we take only one question more. Sadev, so, do you have one question, or we take from the floor? Anybody has one question? Yeah if, anybody has, yeah, if anybody has, anybody can ask. Otherwise, I'll have another question. But I will give, I'll allow somebody else to ask. We ask, we take one question from Europe. <laughs> Everyone's quiet in Europe. Maybe, because this, this verse of today is deep, it's esoteric. Yeah. We don't understand too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have one more question. Well, I want to know yeah. why is it that Prabhupada did not allow us to worship these first incarnations of the Lord, Pradyumna, Shankashan, and Iruda? He only puts Jagannath, Krishna, or Chitaya Mahaprabhu. Why are we not worshiping them also? Like in deity form in the altar, in the temple room. Oh, one could probably. Uh, give a lot of reasons, but I think <clears throat> I think the main reason is because Srila Prabhupada wanted us to focus on um, the deities that he gave us because this is uh, specifically the way uh, followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu worship. We were, we Mahaprabhu was living in Puri. Uh, for um, 
18 years, 12 years, he was uh, very much absorbed in his, uh, his own bhajan. Uh, and, and of course, we worship Gornitai as worshipers of the Lord, as the, they're, they're teaching us in the mood what it means to be a bhakta, what it means to be a devotee. Uh, and so we worship them. And uh, Radha Krishna, because we're followers of Lord Chaitanya, and uh, but interestingly enough, with deities, Prabhupada said we should worship Radha Krishna in the mood of Lakshmi Narayan. Then you may, the, I think the more immediate question would be, why didn't Prabhupada just give us Lakshmi Narayan deities? Because we are simultaneously, we are worshipping Radha and Krishna, but how we're doing the worship is in a formal way, uh, with vidhi instead of raga, because that's appropriate uh, for especially public worship. Uh, and the more you think about it, the more you, you see that uh, worshiping Radha Krishna with Gornitai, with Jagannath, is, it's, a complete, uh, it's a complete picture. It's, everyone is there. <laughs> There's no need for worshiping, for us to worship Vasudev, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha. They're included. Thank you, Maharaj, for your class and your time. We look forward well, for... You. I may ask you if you have time in January to come again from 15th <laughs> of West, because we already uh -huh. filled, yeah. we are filled up till 15th. Maybe if you have time, we can find a date for I'm, you where you are. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm actually... I'm a bit busy this... January, uh, because I'm teaching a course uh, for Bhaktivedanta Research Center in India, and it's taking me a good amount of time, really. Plus, I'm teaching um, two weeks of MIHE, Bhaktivedanta Bhakti course. So, mm, for me, it would be uh, better sometime after, sometime from the middle of February. Okay. Thank you, Maharaj. I will Is that all right? Yes, Maharaj. With auspicious. Thank you. <laughs> we ask our devotees to kindly unmute yourselves and let chant powerful Hare Krishna for Maharaj for coming. <laughs> Hare. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 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 Thank you all so much. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Maharaj. We are grateful. Dila Prabhupada ki jai, Gantaraj, Shimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna.